research indicates that men bond over shared activities rather than just talking about their lives. This is Cliff and Spencer's excuse to hang out together. It's The Bob Train. A horror movie podcast. Hi. Uh, welcome to The Podring, a horror movie podcast. I'm Cliff. And I'm Spencer. And uh, we watch a movie together and then we talk about it. And that is the show. Spencer, how are you doing? I'm doing great today, Cliff. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm excited. Are you excited? I'm very excited. This is like two things, two of my biggest loves of like the media that I consume these days is podcasts and horror. And I'm really happy to be combining those. That's what I'd like to hear. Yeah, I think you're a more advanced horror aficionado than I am. I think you probably know a lot. You right? know, I've been I've been realizing lately, I, I feel like I know a lot about certain, like the, the main classics. Like I I'm a huge Halloween fan. I know a lot about that franchise. And uh, and mm-hmm. then like, you know, Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, Hellraiser. Like I, I'm big on those, but I think like I'm not, I'm not as versed in like the rest. Uh, there's a lot that I haven't seen that I, that I still need to, so. Sick. Okay, well, Spencer, I'm glad to do this with oh, you. Oh, me too, man, 100%. So we picked for this week, The Conjuring. Um, and that is a movie about a family who moves into a house and surprise, surprise, uh, it's haunted. Who knew? Do you have anything you want to add? Uh, I I'd say that's pretty spot on. I guess, uh, it's, it's like a haunting movie, but also a possession slash exorcism movie, um, directed by James Wan, who, uh, has done a lot of other cool movies Mm -hmm. too. I guess he did Insidious. And then he did Saw. Right. Yeah, he, he's just, I think, so when he did Saw, I think that was kind of like an indie movie. And that was kind of like his breakthrough into uh, the mainstream, I guess. Um, yeah. Which Saw, I don't know. If, have you seen Saw? Um, no, I haven't. For a long time, I was um, afraid and a big scaredy cat and i would instead of watching the actual movies read about them on wikipedia and um so that's what i did for saw gotcha embarrassingly all right so now we just talk about the movie okay um spencer you want to go first and just give your why don't you go and then yeah yeah okay so let's see it starts off uh it starts off with the warren couple elizabeth and uh or no ed and lorraine <laughs> warren not elizabeth warren <laughs> so they're like they're talking to these uh i think college age dorm dormates about uh mm-hmm. like they have a doll that's possessed and is like going yes. ape shit on them and what is the name of the doll the name of the doll is Annabelle. Whoa. Haven't yes. we heard that name before? You might In have heard that name before. Series? Yes. Oh, From wow. the movie Annabelle. You're right. You're right. You're right. Well, I wonder if that'll come up later. I wonder. You know, it, it happens to be directed by James Wan, as I remember. Damn. Out here. James Wan. <laughs> um, yeah. I... You know, honestly, I thought most of the movie was pretty scary. I thought that the, I'm just, I guess, giving an overview. And all that to say, I thought the intro was pretty good. I thought most of the movie was scary, including the intro. I thought that the climax, which we can talk about, was a little bit of a letdown. But I thought the intro was good. Yeah. I was freaked. Not like <laughs> super scary, but I was I was tense. Yeah, I agree. It was, uh, it was a good setup. And like... I like that they kind of introduced it, the the whole, you know, doll. Because, like, so what happens is they're like, oh, we started talking to a medium. You know, we, we had this doll in our house, and it, it became apparent that it was, like, moving and shit. And so we talked to a medium, 
who told us it was like the spirit and we like told it that it could stay in the doll or something like that. And then like, it just eventually started going nuts on them. And like, you know, I didn't even think about that before, but I think that's, yeah, that's funny how they like, just sort of, they like the way they play that in the script is so like matter of fact, like, yeah, like we have this doll and the spirit and the demons already in there. I said it could, and that's just like the backstory. Like they don't right. like illustrate that all in the movie. They're just like, obviously the, the demon is in the doll. Right. How about that? I didn't even think about that till just now. I think that's uh, well done because they didn't like, they didn't spend time on it. They're just like, this is a fact. Right. Right. Yeah, totally. And, and yeah. so like, then the Warrens take the doll and uh, they put it in like, like their basement where they have a bunch of really spooky shit, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they like lock it up. Yep. Which was actually, that doll is based on a real doll. Uh, not a real doll. Tell but, me about uh, that. I don't know about that. Yeah, so it was, uh, it, I mean, it's, it was a real life thing because the Warrens are real people. Yes, no, that I know. And I did research to see whether they seemed like they were legit or not. And I got to say, Wikipedia was not kind Yeah. Uh, to their, to like, you know, whether they are, whether they're like crazy kooks or, or like legit demon people. Yeah. Fighters. I, I, I don't even think they were crazy. I think they were just scam artists <laughs> but fraudsters yeah and uh i think that pretty much be everything funny. they've been involved in bears that out but yeah like what well like the the amityville horror thing they were um they were they're pretty big proponents of that and like there there's just a pretty overwhelming body of evidence that like you know they that were fake yeah they, and they were like dra- dramatizing everything and like you know they were out to become rich and wealth and famous and they did gotcha so, but i mean and it's it's funny the way they are portrayed in this movie because obviously like they made them the heroes of the movie um mm-hmm. like first of all the the they are portrayed by very attractive actors and they were not yep. very attractive people in real life uh and they're you know that is i'll be honest that's one of the things i always do when i look at biopics i'm always like how hot were they right yeah totally do you do that too oh for sure like or like i'll just be like okay are they as hot as they're being yeah you know represented here (laughs) and it's gonna it'd be hard because obviously hollywood actors are like mostly hot that's mostly why they're there um so the, the best they can be is as attractive I'd, it'd be wild if you found someone who was more attractive. I don't think I've oh, ever seen Oh, than their actor? Than, yeah. their, than their actor. Like if if like Ed Warren was played by like Steve Buscemi or something. But like otherwise. <laughs> right, yeah. I don't think that would ever occur. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, the Warrens. Fraudsters. Um, so yeah, so okay. Probably so that's fraudsters. the intro. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and but, then one thing I I did think was funny was that Ed is showing the um, reporter around their room of like artifacts, right? And he waits to tell him not to touch anything until they're like in the room and he's about to touch something. <laughs> right. You should like when you're like about to go in the room, he should be like, "Hey, man, just you know, while we're in here, don't touch anything." Um. So. Oh, and uh, but the uh, the Annabelle doll was in real life. It was a uh, Raggedy Ann doll, and there. Oh. It was like you know similar claims anyway that it was like possessed, and the Warrens yeah. did actually take the doll and like put it in a safe place or whatever. But I mean that was yeah. probably more for like. I don't know. They probably used it as a tourist attraction or something. I I can't even remember, but. Right. Well, good on them, honestly. The Warrens, thank you to them for taking the hit for the rest of us and locking <laughs> yeah. up these artifacts in their house. Right. Which, they're the ones most at danger. You know what I mean? With right. that stuff in there. Yeah, I can just imagine the, the spirits that are in there. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, yeah, okay. So that brings us sort of, uh, we're introduced to them. They do a little report. And then I think maybe now we meet the family 
Yeah, the parent family. That's the name. The parent family. The parents. Uh, okay. So we are introduced to them. I think as they're moving in, they like drive up to the house. And we learn at some point that the dad, I guess, is like a trucker, I think, like a long haul trucker. Was that your impression? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Okay. Um, and they don't really make it clear how this is. They do like mention the, the matriarch, let's say, whose name is Carolyn. Carolyn mentions um, that like the, some sort of sacrifice that he made to come down here. But they never right. really explore it. I guess she just wanted to live like upstate or something, like in a old house. But they don't really say why. Uh, she's just like, "Hey, yeah. thanks for coming up here." Yeah, it's um, not really. Uh, we just we just make it. It's it's clear that like this is her dream or something, and that he's like right. he made it happen for however I don't know. Anyway, we are introduced to the parent family. They drive up um dad is a long-haul trucker we learn um he ha they have five daughters four or five daughters i think five yeah yeah five daughters um and right away we learn that the oldest going through her teen years haven't not a big fan of her parents surprise um as is portrayed in movies often she kind of comes right. in and she's like oh, this house is old um but the rest of them seem to be like okay um and they just like start unpacking and spencer stop me if you want to jump in at any point oh and uh, they start uh -huh. I, I would say it's worth noting that the dog refuses to go in yes sadie the dog refuses to enter the house um so uh by the end of the movie i was like no one else died mm -hmm. i think right it's just sadie the dog yeah i i don't think anybody unless you count like the woman the witch who like killed her daughter and herself but that was like you know before the movie takes place so right and yeah they're already a ghost right um and so no no i mean like yeah any of the human beings that we uh that we identify with um no one else dies no um but yes the dog does refuse to go in um and but everyone else is like cool and so they unpack, uh, they play hide and seek, which is a, I gotta give credit where credit's due, good scary game to play, yeah. a scary movie. Well, and they're, they're playing hide and clap or something like that. Hide and, <laughs> that's right. That's like right. The, person, the person seeking the hiders has their eyes closed, but can say clap and make the people who are hiding, they have to clap so that like. Right informs and them. that was smart uh that mm -hmm. was smart of james Wan to be like how do we make this game so that i can make it uh easily easily adaptable to scare you right because yeah, like and hide and seek would be hard but hide totally. and clap you already know when you watch it happen you're like something's gonna clap and it's not gonna be the daughter <laughs> right you're like, I yeah. know that. you're like this is gonna be used to scare us <laughs> um and to 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 good effect again um uh let's see here so they're moving in yeah go ahead spencer oh and so when they're playing that uh she she tags or she finds her sister hiding but she like bumps into the wall and finds like a uh right right it's like a secret passage to mm -hmm. it's like a secret staircase yeah that's right not only is it like a secret staircase, it is, it is. in fact, a secret staircase <laughs> leading to the cellar, which is full of uh, old dusty furniture, among them a piano. Um, and the dad walks through so many spider webs to get right. down there. I was thinking about that if that had been me. I mean, uh, man, I got to tell you what, I'm at, I'm at least taking like a broom handle and like swan some stuff. So they go down there. He's looking around. I don't think anything create. It's basically just establishes that it, that the basement exists as far as I can tell. Do right. you disagree? Or Yeah. And establishes that it was hidden for some reason. Right. Right. Of course. Yes. And that it was hidden. Yeah. 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 Um, so then I think it's bedtime, right? It's our first bedtime in our new home. Right. And 
And I'm trying to think if anything's scary. The first, I, I did write a little list of scares in order that they happened. The first scare that I remember, I think is um, someone, is it someone grabbing um, one of the daughter's legs, feet, and pulling like and giving sleeping. her a little tug? Yeah. While she's asleep. Yeah, and she thinks it's her sister, but we know, we know that it is a scary ghost. Yeah, it's something malevolent, but we it don't know what. Malevolent. Oh, one of the first ones might be actually that, that it smells bad. Oh, yeah. Which um, I don't think I've ever really seen in a horror movie as like a as a ghost um, attribute. Is there is that they have a foul odor? Never yeah. seen that before. Thought that was kind of funny. That might be one of the first ones. The clocks are stopped at at three oh seven. On the uh, the the on the sense of smell thing, so that is I think that is the first time I've seen that in a horror movie. But mm-hmm. that was a huge thing in uh, the book It. Oh, okay. So I like never whenever... read that. I only saw the movies. Oh. Man, the book is like so fucking crazy compared to the book the movies. I mean, sure. I like the movies, but like the book is just so unhinged. Way better. Um, but Maybe that's like that. whenever people encounter Pennywise, it's like this, it's just described as this like overwhelming, like permeating, you know, funky sewer smell. Got you. Um, which is hard to convey in a movie. Right. Uh, cause you have to just have the characters talk about it. Yeah. Um, Yes, the smell. The clocks are stopped at 3.07. Right. And the mom starts bruising. And I'm jumping forward a little bit here. But one thing I thought was funny was when the Warrens are introduced and they are, um, they come to the Perrin family home. Um, and they're like doing their interview and taking notes. Um, some, the Lorraine Warren notices the bruises on um well, i'm gonna look up her name carolyn carolyn and the dad is roger um the um lorraine like notices the the bruises on carolyn and carolyn's like oh it's just an iron deficiency so i think it's funny because she has like she's accepted enough like ghost and supernatural stuff um right away to be like my house is haunted but like the bruises that started when she moved into the house and not sooner she's like now that part is medically <laughs> right. explainable yeah totally. i have no problem with demons and and a haunting but these bruises are just like that's yeah, something this else is, that's unrelated yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is real it's not it's not ghost stuff right. and that is one thing i like about the movie is they don't spend a lot of time um being skeptics which i think obviously happens a lot in other movies i think oh yeah they're totally. just like, yeah, we're haunted. We should, uh, we need to go find somebody, which I thought right. was cool. Yeah. And that's like uh-huh. a, it's a device that's used a lot, I think, to frustrate the audience where like, and it, it, a lot in like slasher movies and stuff where like, there's always that fucking cop or, or whatever who's like, yeah, right. Get the hell out of here. Like when, <laughs> right. when someone's trying to warn him, like. And, and they the, do have a, co- a skeptical cop in this one. That's true. Um, yeah. Yeah. And he is skeptical at first, but he's obviously like accepted it enough to join their little like um, squad, the like Warren squad of people who help fight the ghosts. Right. Um, and then he does, he does see a ghost and he, uh, you know, starts uh, believing. Um, and, and he's not running interference for him though. Like he's, he's kind of more just like, okay, yeah, I'll show up. I think you guys are full of shit, but I'll like right. play along. Right. Right. Um, uh, yeah. So let's see. So they've moved into the house. Uh, basically they start, they start getting haunted by stuff. Uh, we've touched on um, some of the stuff that happens to them. But do you have anything you wanted to add before maybe? eventually they well it gets worse and worse because of the three stages of demon infestation that we learn about and i wrote those down and um uh, they are the three stages of like demonic activity and haunting are infestation 
oppression and possession. And so we sort of move through the infestation stage into the oppression stage uh, of the parent family before the before they meet the Warrens. And so basically what happens is things get worse and worse. Mm-hmm. Um, and what are those things? And so I know that there's... Uh, oh, the invisible friend Rory. Oh, that's right. Yeah, where, where the, the young daughter is like oh, my invisible friend. And she's got like a mirror thing. A music box with a mirror in it. Yeah, where she says she can see Rory in it. And she starts playing it. And the mom is like, you know, she tells her mom to, to, she's like, you can see Rory in this or whatever. And she like looks and there's like a scary moment where the daughter is like a fake out scare. Right. Um, Where you think the ghost is going to appear. Sorry, I cut you off. What'd you say? Oh no, that's fine. Because uh, yeah, you think the ghost is gonna appear, but then like the daughter right. jumps out. It's just the daughter. Oh, and this is where we get like the um the payoff of the hide and clap game, because right right after that they play hide and clap, and Rory, I think it must be Rory or some ghost. But anyway, the daughter's hiding in a different room, but wouldn't you know it? Someone who is not the daughter claps, yes. and is in the big scary bureau bureau where. Uh, that seems to be like a focal point of, of like ghost activity. And the mom hears a clap in there for sure, but she goes in there and man, the daughter's not in there. And isn't that scary? <laughs> Scared the bejesus out of me. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. So basically what starts to happen is I think the two biggest um, uh oppression scares if we're going back to the demon infestation stages the two biggest oppression scares are someone appears to actually there's a few someone appears to joey king uh one of the daughters um in, behind a door and then at some point one of the oh, daughters yeah. i think it's dragged around or maybe i'm making that up but anyway um you finally see like the you see a big scary woman on top of the bureau at some point and she jumps down on the oldest daughter and tackles her yeah and um and that's like the reveal when we finally see like the ghost right yeah yeah who i believe is named bathsheba mm-hmm. pretty good witch name yeah um named after bathsheba the wife of uriah who king david knocked up and then had his <laughs> her husband killed <laughs> um uh yes and so at that point the mom uh carolyn is like um d- it decides off screen to get some help because the first time you see the warrens and the parent family together is in a warren lecture um where they're showing what must be more compelling evidence than they've ever obtained in real life because if i saw it in real life i'd be like this is real um but isn't that the magic of movies i'm thinking of when the cross comes in from like the guys under the guy's stomach you know and it's like pushing through um so anyway she attends their lecture and then um approaches them as they're leaving outside their car and she's like hey y'all gotta help me like I have five daughters. If you had, (laughs) she plays the, wouldn't you want your child to be safe and Mm -hmm. helped in the situation? Um, And they're like, like, they're like, no, there's probably a rational explanation for it. But then the, but then Lorraine uh, empathizes with her. um, And she's like, Hey, let's go check this out. And another thing I liked was that the warrant was that they don't really waste time being like, yo, this place is haunted. Like they walk in there and they're like, he knocks three times and they're like, yeah. And they're like, that's a demon. And they're like, uh, it smells like uh, raw meat. Yeah, that's a demon. Yeah. Um, or rotting meat or whatever. But um, yeah, they don't waste much time. They're like, hey, yeah, your house is haunted. Um, yeah. Would you have any thoughts about that? Um, no, I, I, yeah, I think you're right. Like they basically come in and they're like, yep, you're haunted. This is, uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, 
so and this is another thing that um i thought was funny but so they do a little interview and then they're like all right we are going to come back but we are going to leave and if i was that family i'd be like can you please stay here right. um I, w- I would be very reluctant to to have them walk out the door um but i guess they end up pretty much fine i can't really remember um they do yeah so they they acknowledge that they're haunted they're like we're gonna perform an exorcism we do need permission from the church and uh and we need evidence so i think they basically leave gather their little squad and come back right yeah and the squad is like it's a dude named drew Mm -hmm. then uh who's their i he's like their it guy yeah av he's he's yeah av AV yeah and then uh the cop brad who i don't even remember did they actually introduce him in any way or i think the same way they introduced drew yeah what do you mean do they do you mean actually like do you mean ed and lorraine in the movie or do you mean like the filmmakers i mean like i so with with the cop it's just like he and drew are both there and like drew's like oh you're the cop huh and he's like yeah and he's like you know you can't shoot a ghost right and uh i forgot that part ed's like hey take it easy on him (laughs) (laughs) so they meet for the first time in the movie yeah but i can't remember if the cop was there before that or I, I remember them at, the, I sort of remember them. I don't even remember when they exactly showed up, but I don't, I remember them appearing at the same time. Okay. Basically. I don't remember one without the other. We so, skip, we skip their Ocean's Eleven style recruiting of like their team. Right. This is officer so-and-so. <laughs> that's right. Cold hard skeptic. That's right. They're already there. They're already formed when yeah. they show up at the, at the Warrens. Um, and they get to work uh, setting up a bunch of cameras and microphones. Um, and I guess I don't really have too many thoughts about that. I think it's kind. I think it's kind of funny. They're very like Rude Goldberg esque. Like, mm-hmm. um, like they tie like you know like a string to a doorknob so that if like the doorknob pull if the door is pulled like the string will like move and that'll like trigger like one of the cameras to go off. And right. I guess the camera can capture, um, like ghosts, um, which hey, more power, more power to them. But things okay, were we built never, different back then. We never actually see the pictures of the ghosts, do we? No, I don't think we do. <laughs> so what was the fucking point? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's to show their methods. You know, okay. yeah. they're uh, to show. I it's sort of be like, hey um weren't weren't the weren't the warrens a little bit scientific after all you know right and i guess blue light i guess part of it was just the device of the flash going off too because it was yeah that can be scary yeah those are um which they used in uh saw as well oh does he yeah like there's a scene where uh the dude like Oh, isn't that how he sort of picks his victims? Does he take Polaroids and give it to him? Or am I making that up? Well, the the flash thing is like this dude wakes up in his apartment and the lights are all out, but he's a photographer. And he's like, he can tell that someone's in his apartment. So he's like walking around, clicking the camera and the flash like, you know, illuminates. Oh, so that's okay. like, he's using mm-hmm. it for light. It was, it was a really well done, creepy scene yeah yeah okay that makes sense um so they basically they they rig the house oh and you know we've skipped over the um there's like a b story with the warren's daughter which is that her parents are often out Mm. fighting ghosts um and she feels a little bit um left she feels a little bit rejected i think would you agree yes and another important thing is that um, in a previous demon fighting uh, encounter, Lorraine has been sapped of some of her strength. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Ed is very worried about her health. Um, and so, yeah, 
that's a, I think it's sort of an important thing that we did not yeah. mention. And he, he, he says that like every, every encounter she has with some kind of entity, like takes a toll on her. Right. Uh, and so exactly. he like, at one point he gets a call or he's like, he's going to leave. And like, she's like, Oh, where are you going? He's like, Oh, I'm going to the store. And she's like, you're full of shit. And he's like, right. He's like, okay, I'm checking out this, uh, this claim, but I didn't want you to go. Cause like, <laughs> you know, whatever. Yeah. Hey, you caught me. It'll hurt you. you. Me. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, then like they go and it's just like old water pipes or something. It's like one of those <laughs> right. that's explained by something normal. Right. Let's see. So yeah. So they, they set up their little like contraptions. Um, and then I, I really didn't take good notes, but basically at some point the um, they figure out that the, the most malevolent spirit is as Spencer mentioned beth sheba or beth sheba i wasn't quite sure but uh beth sheba okay got it and she, they figure out that um let's see because uh, lorraine has a vision has some visions mm. and they later confirm this with some good old-fashioned book research but basically the house is being haunted by beth sheba a descendant of some of the um uh, Plymouth Colony, uh, which is, what is the name for that? Isn't there like a, they have, there's the, the Crucible. That's maybe that's oh, what yeah. I'm thinking of. Okay. That's the play. The Salem. Uh... Yes, the Salem Witch Trials. That's what I was trying to get to. Yeah. She's a descendant of, or a relative of one of the Salem Witch Trial people. Um, marries, has a baby. Seven days later, husband walks down, finds her um, Bathsheba sacrificing the baby um she's like hey screw you goes and um hangs herself mm. essentially at 3 and i guess the baby is uh, yes at 307 a.m that's right and um the baby is a gift to satan to gain stature in in hell um and frankly spencer that's just something you're not going to catch me doing all right <laughs> yeah i don't want any stature guy. in hell that's right. Um, so, uh, and she is the main malevolent spirit. And so then there are some other spirits in there. And um, at some point you start to realize that Rory is not evil, right? I feel like it, I'm getting my timeline. My timeline's not perfect, but somewhere in here, I start to figure out that, uh, you know, like Rory is not going to hurt someone. He is just a, um, he's a, He's a ghost. Have you ever seen American Horror Story, Spencer? Yeah. Uh, no, no, I haven't. Sorry. Oh, um, I think you, uh, I would watch it. But um, uh, you start to figure out in that show that there's like some like really bad ghosts and then some other ghosts that are just like, you know, like hanging out kind of. Yeah. And so Rory's just sort of like a hanging out ghost. Totally. I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so um, at some point, they really, the, the Warrens and the parents really piss off Bathsheba and she grabs one of the daughters and starts dragging her all around, like yeah, slamming her in the, the walls by the hair. That's right. And, um, and that's like the evidence that they need to go to the Catholic church and be like, Hey, these people are haunted. Um, you know, we got we got to do an exorcism and um i just thought that was like a funny exhibit of bureaucracy right um yeah they're, they go to the catholic church and the guy's like you know it's gonna take like it's gonna take a couple weeks to to do this but then he's like i'm gonna push this through myself <laughs> All right when he's when they plead with him and he's like hey i'm gonna push this through <laughs> um like a good responsible public bureaucrat <laughs> doing it for the right and reasons it, it makes me think of what like the typical uh responses to a possession like do they just like the priest is like oh well yeah she's like 
uh, floating in chip, but you know, that, <laughs> that means it'll take seven to 10 days for the board to respond or something like, <laughs> Oh, you don't know what it was because they the family wasn't Catholic. That's what it was. And the oh, kids were that's not right. baptized. Okay. Um, so they were going to have to, uh, get some special dispensation, but Patrick Wilson, Ed Warren is like, Hey man, this family really needs help. And he's like, all right, I'll, I'll take care of it. Yeah. But it turns out, um, that, uh, even that is too slow and Ed yeah. has to, uh, has take matters into and step up to the plate. That's right. But, um, so they get their evidence. They, they meet the, meet the priest and then, I think, yes. And so basically what happens is like, hey, um, uh, it's going to take a little while for the approval to go through. We'll, we'll meet you guys when the approval is, is over. Um, oh, and we also have a nice big family breakfast scene before that, though, which I did enjoy. It was when everyone was having a nice time mm-hmm. at that breakfast that I really thought that everyone was going to die because I was like, there's no way that um, they could be having this good a time. And the filmmakers not make us uh, live to regret it later <laughs> right. by killing everybody. Um, but uh, that's not what happens. It's just a nice breakfast time, and we yeah. learn that Ed Warren is is good with with cars, and can fix them. Um, Spencer, do you want to get us back on track? <laughs> okay. uh, let's see. <laughs> yeah, so he's out there fixing the the old Chevy. Uh, right. Then. Uh, let's see so they they've gone to the they've gone to the church and and try yeah. to get approval and they and they're like we'll meet back up later so okay that takes us to the exorcism scene yes because instead of waiting uh bathsheba really takes things up a notch oh well, oh uh, because she has poured herself into she's taken possession of the mom right Oh, and before that, though, there was a scene that I thought was really cool, which was, uh, I think it was after the breakfast scene, but like Lorraine is out, like putting the laundry on, uh, on oh, the, yeah. uh, to dry the line. You know, on the line. Yeah. And like Ed comes out and they talk for a minute or whatever, and he walks away. And then like, so I think like the, the wind picks up and like one of the sheets, flies and it's like there's nothing there but the sheet like hits an invisible person mm-hmm. and like then it flies up to the window and the sheet flies away and you see the ghost on the other side of the window which is it was right. really creepy i thought it was now really inside good the house yeah yeah totally and not in a hurry either they just no. kind of like look at each other and then she leaves the window yeah it's like kind of walks away Right. But Lorraine is in a hurry because she realizes that she's going to, um, she just knows that ghost shouldn't be in the house. You know what right. I mean? <laughs> yeah. Probably up to no good. So she goes running up. Um, she does hear, um, gosh, I looked up her name. What was it? Roger and Carolyn. Is it Carolyn? Yeah. She does hear Carolyn in a struggle um, because what has happened is that Bathsheba has pinned her down, appeared to her, and, and like vomits into her mouth. And so that's how she takes right. possession. Um, and so in sort of like a horror trope thing, um, uh, maybe it's not a, tro- I was thinking it was a trope. I think it's actually just good demon strategy. The demon is now in control of Bathsheba and she's like, yeah, I'm fine. Um, I just had some, I was just like a little sick. Let's go check on the, the family. Mm-hmm. Cause I was thinking it was, I hate this in horror movies sometimes where like people won't acknowledge what happened to them when oh, yeah. one thing that bothers me, this stranger things is not like a, I would say it's horror. I would say it's horror adjacent, but it's not like, um, it ain't that scary. Let's be real. All right. It ain't that scary. Yeah. Um, uh, one thing that really bothered me in one of the previous seasons, um, is that no one talks to each other. So like the, right the, um winona rider is off like doing something and the kids are off on another part of it and like um everything would be more easily solved if uh they all talk to each other um and so i get then you wouldn't right. like have a series but i would like some sort of like um justification but instead they just like don't share notes so i thought yeah, when i watched yeah. it the first time i was like oh why is she keeping to herself the fact that uh you know, she just got possessed She's by possessed. demons. And only yeah. now talking to you do I realize that at that point, Bathsheba was already um, 
I guess, in control, right. sort of. I don't know. So, but and that's like a huge thing with I think movies in general, where like there's so many times where like I don't know, like somebody will see something that they misunderstand, and they'll be like, "I'm done with you forever" or whatever, and like the other person doesn't even bother to explain. They're just like, <laughs> "Right, you don't understand." Just- but like that's it. They don't like right. They're just wounded, but they don't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They don't communicate. Um, They're just like, well, I guess the relationship's over. Right. It's like, no, you could just tell her what happened. And then, like, <laughs> right. Which I get. You got to have a movie, but I like it when they have right. a logical reason for it instead of just like a plot hole. Yeah. Totally. Um, but um, so, anyway, um, where are we at generally? Exorcism okay, night. Exorcism. Yeah. Yeah, the the family has left and gone to a hotel while they wait for the approval for the exorcism to go through. Um, but uh, uh, the Roger leaves, and at some point you figure out that um, Carolyn has left with two of the girls, I believe. And um, the Roger comes back. His three remaining daughters are freaked. They're like, "Mom took." uh two of our sisters and roger's like yo we gotta we gotta go we gotta go get her and we gotta call the warrens so he does um there's uh and we skipped over a cool part where bathsheba is haunting the warrens a little bit right um because she she haunts the daughter that's what happens she haunts the daughter okay i forgot about this in the warrens house um and that gives the Warrens a sense of like, oh, like this is a bigger deal. Like she's coming into our world. Right. Um, because yeah, she like, she does the thing where she tugs, <laughs> she tugs on the kids. That's her big move. She tugs on the kids on their feet real hard. Right. And uh, the daughter wakes up and, um, and like walks around doing the whole like, you know, mom, dad, like you see in movies a lot, Nana. And um, then the lights turn off start turning off on her anyway she's just, she's all freaked out right um gets locked in the house gets locked in her room parents can't get it open until patrick wilson finally uh like uh shoulders it open uh whips his daughter out of the way of a um a flying chair that best sheba throws at her um just in time yeah and the doll and annabelle makes her reappearance there Bathsheba is holding Annabelle and rocking creepily in a chair. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Um, and um, yeah, so that's that's where Annabelle reappears. And the daughter's like, hey, Annabelle was just sitting was sitting right there in the chair. All this to say is that Bathsheba is ready to uh she's not fooling around anymore. She is ready to kill a child. So um she's moved on to stage three. Yes, we have moved on to stage three possession. And um, so they show up to everyone drives back to the, the haunted house. The mother is already there. She, I forget how close she is to killing the daughter. I think she has, I think they get her pretty close. She has scissors. I think Yeah. she's about to stab her. Um, they barge in there. The cop has to shoot the door off um, the knob off the door. Um, they restrain her just as she's as uh, Carolyn possessed Carolyn Bathsheba. He's about to stab one of the daughters. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, and they stop her. And just a big old great fight ensues. And um, this is a, one of those, like, um, it, it was cool stylistically, but like everyone separates, which I think is a terrible idea. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. one thing I liked yeah. about the pancake breakfast, or even before then, when the Warrens show up. Like we all sleep in one room, the living room now. We're all together at all times. Right. Which I think is great. For uh, sure. Yeah. When they show up to the house, and as so often happens in other movies, everyone starts going on their own little missions, which I get. But um, like they send Drew to go find the two daughters because they can only find one of them. Meanwhile, everyone else is dealing decides that they have to exorcise um lorraine right no not lorraine carolyn carolyn who is tied to a chair with like a blanket over or a sheet over her at the the time right um and so go ahead uh, so but then like 
she starts floating and shit and like flies upside down and uh then like falls to the ground and like breaks the chair and is no right. longer restrained right um because patrick wilson has started reciting the he's he started reciting the like uh, exorcism guide and so he's going through and he's splashed the holy water on her and he also drops his vial of holy water which turned out to be fine but in other movies i've seen you've had to spritz him more than once and i was like oh like i hope he doesn't need that stuff um and right. uh, yeah they just do a whole, uh, all sorts of stuff goes on um a lot of yelling your usual exorcism stuff i'd say right yeah Spencer? yeah pretty much like one guy yelling weird words and like right a really weird spirit thing like right pissed off flying around right <laughs> Pretty and difficult. so i guess yeah like i said earlier i thought that the climax i i thought that the climax was the weakest part of the movie um what happens is they try to exercise bathsheba from from carolyn um it doesn't really work carolyn uh magically shoots the cop's shotgun which has been left uh just idle just sitting there um, yeah yeah and you're like why couldn't she have done that earlier right um <laughs> but uh and then she she like runs away under the house to find the last daughter because somehow she's i think oh drew found the last daughter under yeah. the kitchen and he shouts it real loud right and bathsheba hears and goes scuttling off it's like oh okay her. he like he right. totally fucking like announces the girl's right. location right I Which, he, to be fair to him, he didn't know that yeah. that was. Uh, or he, yeah, he, he didn't know. Knows. He thought she was still like restrained to the chair. Right, right. Um, one thing I thought was funny about Roger, which did you recognize that actor Spencer from other stuff? Oh yeah, from the dad. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. That was uh, Peter from Office Space. Yeah, exactly. And um, he's been in a bunch of other stuff too. Yeah. Um, and so anyway, like his, his vibe is in, in like a lot of movies, like office space is a good example. It's like very like laid back, you know? Right. And I remember during like the big climax. Um, so Ed is doing his thing. Lorraine has her hand on Bathsheba's head and is like um, sending her like positive memories of her family because of some beach trip that Lorraine and Carolyn talked about. And yeah, since, yeah um Lorraine is a medium she's able to pick up some of those memories so she's like sending them back and reminding Carolyn of them like the uh scalp massage and um so she's doing her thing and then they talk to um to Roger and they're like Roger you know talk to talk to Carolyn make her stay and like I it was I feel like some actors would have given it like a really strong vibe you know like a very panicked vibe. And I felt like Roger slash um, Ron Livingston was just like, hey, babe, you know, like, like uh, <laughs> right. fight it, okay? Like he's talking <laughs> about like what chores, like if they're going to go to like Sam's Club after dinner or something. You know? <laughs> totally, yeah. Um, he's doing the, Ron Livingston is his name. Yes, but yeah, he, he's... which I think is better than him trying to like really um, act a different way. I kind For of sure. liked it actually because I'm like, oh, that is definitely like a Ron Livingston vibe. I feel like right. Um, like that's probably the way he would do that in real right. life if his actual right. wife was possessed. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like pretty much same tone of voice. He's just like a little bit. He's like a little bit worried. Right. Um, but then, wouldn't you know it? Uh, Bathsheba leaves, and they have exercised the demon. Mm. Um, and then, uh, is there anything you want to add? No, I, I actually, like, I was, and that's funny because I just rewatched this, like, an hour ago. Or I, because oh, I, uh -huh. I, I was trying to rewatch it last night, but I got to, like, the last half hour, and I was like, all right, I'm going to rewatch this tomorrow. Sure. And, but I, like, I feel like the resolution was so anticlimactic that I didn't remember how it resolved and that was only like an hour ago that i watched it. <laughs> like that's how yeah i, was just I think they like, like oh, walk well, out of the house yeah yeah it's just like well yeah we it worked <laughs> that's like, right it worked and um oh and the, like the youngest daughter who 
listen, like obviously you and I are not talent, are not great actors who are earning a lot of money in Hollywood. But I think it's always great when like they find really good kid actors, you know? For sure. Um, I thought the youngest daughter wasn't like, wasn't great. She was like, um, she's, just she's a not cute a great actor. kid. Yeah. Yeah. She's a cute little kid. Not a great actor. Right. Um, she does. She like is cute in all the scenes that require cuteness. Right. Um, so she comes back up and uh, get something we just did not talk about at all, but gives a locket back to Lorraine that oh, Lorraine yeah. had accidentally left in the house when she was getting mega haunted. Um, another part we skipped over. Lorraine gets mega haunted by Bathsheba. Um, right. And while escaping the cellar, accidentally leaves a locket behind. And I think that's how Bathsheba is able to um, to haunt the daughter in, in the Warren's house. Mm-hmm. It's like some sort of conduit. Um, yeah, because like so anyway, the, the daughter had given, had, had gotten that locket and that's right. like given it to her mom. That's so right. So they could always be next to each other. Like it was a picture of each of them. That's right. And you know that stuff is just, is just like, freaking candy for demons oh yeah they get their hands on that it's just like uh, they're in they're right. in baby that's like um, saying hey come on over that's right um you gave him the key so she gives her her locket back and i think that's like maybe the no and then i think they end up back in the last shot is the camera panning through the warren's like room of of artifacts that's and it right. lands on the music box and the last shot is the music box and i don't think in the mirror and i don't think you actually see anything um and then uh and then the movie's over yep and uh mm-hmm. you see real life pictures of the not as hot in real life warren and <laughs> yeah. the hot in real life actors um right. and uh that's pretty much it i think <laughs> yep and Anything you want to add might I add that the the Warrens' daughter, like, when it shows the picture of the actual Warrens at the end, like, it does not, to me, it doesn't look like the happy family that they see. Like, their daughter is just kind of like, I don't know. It's like their dad, Ed, looks like he's kind of a pretentious dick. <laughs> and, like, the... Lorraine looks kind of self-righteous and the daughter just kind of looks like yeah wide-eyed and not sure like not super happy right (laughs) like she's walking on eggshells a little bit yeah um Um, yeah that's funny um and uh yeah and is there any do you have any final thoughts Spencer um I would say my overall thoughts Oh, yeah, we should rate it. Yeah, we should rate it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Out of what do you say? Out of 10? Let's do 10. And uh, okay. So, and like to be clear, I'm rating this as a horror movie and not like a film in general because I think you have to make the distinction between. Oh, interesting. Talk to me about that. Well, it's just like I feel like for, for horror movies, what I would give like an eight or a nine of a horror movie might be like depending on the movie itself but it might like as an overall movie be more like a five or a six just because like i see the overall quality of the movie isn't as important or like um okay you know, and why do you why do you feel that the overall quality is not as important because i would disagree with you um well okay let's see i'm trying to think of a good example but like Okay, like uh, Halloween. Like okay, Halloween is my favorite movie franchise. So mm. let's go with Halloween Five. Or no, no, Halloween Six is a better example. Okay. I fucking love that movie. But if I was going to rate it objectively as like the quality of the movie itself, I would give it like a two, probably. Because you're um, looking at it as a fan who knows a lot of like tropes and just. A lot of it was bringing a lot of context to it so you know when they are playing with the context and when they are like expanding on it and when they're like subverting norms and stuff or is that too um or am i too smart for you yeah i'd I'd say that's a little more nuanced (laughs) i I think like it's just like 
I, I rate the horror movies on enjoyability. Okay. Um, cool. And with, I, I give a lot of leeway with horror because like, I know that like a lot of things are intentionally bad or just like it's allowed gotcha. to be bad because that's kind of, you know, kind of the point it's, it's campy. It can be. Um, right. Okay, cool. So why don't you rate it that way? And I'm going to rate it as whether I thought it was an a overall good movie, movie or not. Okay. Cause I, that's the only, that's the only way I can do it, Spencer. Okay. Yeah. That, that's perfect. Um, I would give this an eight out of 10. I thought it was horror wise, horror wise. Yeah. Okay. And what yeah. would you give it? Um, movie wise, movie wise. Um, I mean, I would say it's well done. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't say it's bad. I, I want to say like a seven maybe because it's, it's okay. a well-made movie. Yeah. They are close in this, in this particular case. Um, right. No, no, I understand. I understand. Cause it's, it's, you know, great special effects, um, coherent plot. There are like some things that don't really make a whole lot of sense, but not glaring, um, mm-hmm. good acting, good cinematography, you know, good production overall. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I would say I'd say it's a seven. Um, nothing groundbreaking cool. as far as filmmaking goes, but uh, then you know, on the horror side of it, I'd say I'd say I'd give it an eight because it was so like the the whole possession and haunting thing has been fucking driven into the ground over the past like I mean pretty much since the eighties and uh, right and it's gotten so you know, run of the mill and like paint by numbers that it's just like most of the time I wouldn't even go out of my way to watch movies like that anymore. But like this one was done well. And it, it, you know, the first time I saw it, I remember being engaged and like being actually like the, you know, the scares worked on me and uh, it set up a good creepy atmosphere, which I liked. So, right. Are you more of a slasher guy? Uh, Overall? Yeah. But even that has been, really driven into the ground um yeah i find myself to be more of a of a haunting haunting guy so this would be nice because when we're doing movies together always one of us won't like it so much and the other will be having a good time so that'll be good (laughs) that we get to experience that together yeah for sure um did you have any more final thoughts um let's see i and i would say that uh going beyond this movie conjuring 2 was pretty good too oh okay um, uh-huh. the, the nun sucked got you she's uh, scary looking yeah oh yeah i and, haven't seen the movie well and she was the scariest part of the conjuring part two. Oh, okay um gotcha which she was the witch was or the nun was phenomenal in that but then like the actual movie itself was just garbage Not so good yeah gotcha um all right i would rate this a it's gonna get a seven out of ten um nice as a movie yeah i thought i was um i was you know apprehensive the whole pretty much the whole time was scared sometimes um even though spencer you know this in real life very brave oh yeah um not much phases me um watching the movie was was sometimes scared I've seen um, you run into haunted houses to rescue children <laughs> before. You have. You've seen that. You've seen me, um, like, run into a burning building and rescue people. Yeah. Um, you and even that one sometimes time, uh, just – yeah, go ahead. I say, and then one time it was a haunted burning building, so That's you right. had the ghosts and the fire to deal with. <laughs> That's right. I had the hose, and I shot it at the ghost, and I said, hey, <laughs> You don't want any more of that. You stay away. Leave those orphans alone. <laughs> Leave those orphans alone. Come with me, kids. You're safe. <laughs> um, I was scared, yeah, even though I am brave. Um, and I thought it was pretty well done. I thought that the climax was not, like, as good as the rest of the movie, which happens sometimes. Um, especially, yeah, happens sometimes. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah enjoyed it i enjoyed it we should um we should pick our pick our movie for next time 
and tease it. That's what they call it in the radio business. Gotcha. So that we we know, so that our listeners can know what to listen to, or know what to watch, so they can uh, listen to this next time, having just watched it and 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 just right. be part of the conversation. Yeah, totally. And maybe and you like, get to pick because I picked this one. Okay. Oh shit. How about this? Like, so we'll do a thing where like. So since I'm picking and I'm more into slashers, I'll pick a slasher and we'll we'll kind of do. Sure. Well, I don't want to I don't want to box myself in. You know true, what I mean? Like if I want to do a okay. slasher, I want to be able to pick a slasher. But by all means, okay, by all cut, means, cut pick that slashers. part out. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, 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 we'll, no. we'll just go with what we like. Okay, but we will just you know alternate one week to the other. Yes. Um. Well, shoot. Okay. For this week, I think I want to go with a classic though, just to. Uh, yeah. Uh, make it easy on myself sure. because I'm I'm going to go with something that I have here uh, and one of my favorites I okay. am going to pick cool. Halloween 4 got it Halloween 4 the return um, of Michael Myers and is this one um, where I should w- w- I mean I know it's a movie listen it's not life or death well, will I get it and enjoy it without the context of the previous films, or should I look up, you know, some like summaries of the of the first three? Um, I would say it's not it's not uh, all that important. Okay. I mean, Sick. so are you're familiar with Halloween, right? I know Mike Myers is the killer. He uh, kills his sister in the first one, gets locked up, escapes, and um, you know terrorizes. That's what I know about him. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's pretty much all you need to know going into this one. Cause they, right, cool. they, you know, lay the groundwork at the beginning of the movie pretty. Uh, okay, cool. Is this, the, or is this like a 90s movie we're talking? This is 1988. Oh boy. Okay. Yeah. Sick. And so it was a. So you saw it when you were five or six? I think I, I, I don't think I saw this one until the early 90s. So. Oh, okay. Cool. Um, cool. But uh, yeah, it was it was one of the first horror movies I saw. Gotcha. Or, well, not. Yeah, I guess it probably was. Um, but yeah, and I I think Halloween like became my favorite because I was watching them back in the early '90s and uh, really okay. got into them, and they scared the fucking shit out of me back sure. then. Sure. So. Okay. Cool. Halloween Four. That's what you said, right? Yeah. Oh, the Return should, of Michael should, Myers. Uh, yes. Cool. And you should play the trailer. The trailer. Got it. I was, um, when I was listening, well, I was listening to samples, um, when I was putting together our little intro stinger, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I, um, was listening to trailers of like newer movies and trailers of older nineties movies. And this is pretty obvious. So you might already have thought of this and it's not anything groundbreaking, but that's some like, they don't even really do voiceovers in trailers anymore. I don't think like when you listen to the nineties one, it's the guy in the voice being like in a world. And then now they don't even have a narrator. I don't think they just often, they just like play clips. Oh, interesting. It's more more arty, I think. Yeah, for sure. And I, I, now that you mention it, I think like, I know that, but I didn't, you know, I wasn't aware of that on the surface. Like, but that's right. Cause when you watch an old trailer now, it seems kind of comical the way it's like, right. One man, like exactly. Here we go. Trailer okay. for Halloween four. Sweet. It's scrolling text 10 years ago, 10 years ago on the night of October 31st, a small Midwestern town fell victim to an escaped killer. Under the cover of darkness, he carried out the most horrifying mass murder on record. 16 people in yeah. cold blood. Ever since that night, no one has forgotten his name. And Halloween has never been the yeah, same. You know this guy's going to fuck some people up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> mask is on. Now, Michael yeah, yeah. Myers. A mask has, has slid over the camera. It's got two eye holes cut out of it. So we are we are Michael Myers. We are looking from his point of view. Michael! He's 
here to kill that little girl and anybody who gets in his way. Oh, God! Who's gonna be next? <laughs> Halloween 4, the return of Michael Myers. Maybe nobody knows how to stop him. Cool. Yeah, we see lots of crazy shit happen. There's explosions. There's guys pointing guns. It's just uh, it's, it's chaos. Okay, it's exactly it's chaos. Um, okay, so that'll be our movie for next time. And um, Spencer, it's it, this was a nice time. It's the Bob Tree. A horror movie podcast.